So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit. I want to I wanna put in an honorable mention for someone saying Majestic Thorin. He's like a Maybelline or Garnier Fruchis ad. Well, that's in the movie. That's on the book. <laughs> so, join Caitlin and Rachel. Emmy. As we take you on this unexpected journey. There and back again. <laughs> I see what you all did there. That was very clever. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, here we are. Episode 29 for... What the heck, Rachel? <laughs> I see we are continuing our feud from last week. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain that to our listeners. Just know <laughs> Rachel is weird. So here we are for chapter 9 and 10. Like, I had to, like, uh, fight with the notes because you still had your episode 29 notes in the folder. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, I was wrong. You were right. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> anyway. All right. Chapter 9, Barrels Out of Bond, and chapter 10, which I didn't write the name of. A warm welcome. It's ironic uh, because they're all very cold. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I know that it's described as being, like, miserably wet and cold, but... I was a little jealous, I'm not gonna lie. It's fall in the book. We're approaching Durin's Day, presumably. One would hope, because we're also approaching the end of this book. Mm -hmm. uh, not really, we're only halfway done. I mean, no one knows when Durin's Day is. But, okay, who wanted to do characters? Uh, I can do characters. Sure. So, the characters in Chapter 9 are 13 dwarves, though we don't see much of them, a hobbit, an elf king, and don't we have... Like, the butler and the dude with the keys. I didn't know if they counted as characters. They're well, sure they, they do. Lines. Plot devices. They say things. Yeah, I mean, that's they, it. They're plot they devices. They have more lines than all but one of the dwarves. <laughs> that's You're so sad. Wrong. Possibly in the whole book. Um, Ouch. <laughs> that was a murder. The butler. Galleon. He does have a name. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we also are introduced to uh, 13 barrels. That presumably the dwarves are going to get to know quite well. It's, they do. It's true. They spend a number of pages in them. Um, so our short blurb for this chapter is that the dwarves get captured by elves. What a surprise. And Bilbo is forced to sneak into the wood elves kingdom to rescue the dwarves by stuffing them into barrels. All with a lot of help from the Mirkwood King's very, very, very strong wine. I mean, and the one yeah, ring. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And the one ring, yes. Visibility, I guess, also helps. I mean, yeah, the, the invisibility helped with the sneaking around. The strong wine helped with everything else. Mm -hmm. I just think it's kind of funny how basically without Sauron, none of this would have been possible. I mean, that explains the plot of just about everything. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, so the very long summary. It's very long because the chapter is very long, but still not a lot happens. Um, 
So after the battle with the spiders, the dwarves, uh, minus Thorin, who's already been captured, uh, make a guess at how to get out of the forest, and they are beset upon by elves. The dwarves are so tired, they're just like, sure, just take me. Um, <laughs> so the elves take the dwarves captive, but Bilbo slips on his ring, becomes invisible, and is not captured. So he follows along behind and sneaks in just before the gates to the elf kingdom are closed. Um, <laughs> you can make your point here if you like. I am fully accepting that I was wrong and you were right last time. The gates, you know, the gates that look like Nargothrond? Because Caitlin that, admitted mm, that I was right and she was wrong. Yes. To, to go more into that, Tolkien reused his artwork that he had originally drawn for the gates of Nargothrond for the gates of the Elven Kingdom here in Mirkwood. So. The secret place returns. Ha <laughs> um, Anyway, the dwarves are brought before the elf king, and it goes about as well as you'd expect. Uh, <laughs> Balin gets to talk, and he does about the same thing that Thorin did. He's like, is it a crime to be hungry and lost? And the I, elf king- I wish like, he had said they were starving, like just by accident. Right. That would have <laughs> been fabulous. Um, for real. Come on, Tolkien. Would have been so much mm -hmm. funnier. Um, anyway, the Elf King is like, uh, you were trespassing. Also, you bugged my people three times last night. The only logical and justified reaction to this, totally in proportion, is to throw you in prison. See, I, I like that you're making a point that you find this unreasonable through sarcasm, because you're American. And from what I understand, sometimes you shoot people for trespassing. Is That's, this incorrect about Americans? You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. That's something people say. But, I mean, it's also the 21st century, and it doesn't happen very often. Okay, okay. Yep. I just like that, I mean, both of them are just so extra. This like, is true. Balin just went, like, straight for it, and then the Elf King just right back is like, okay, jail forever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're in jail because of uh, ego. Yep. I mean, sounds about right for both dwarves and elves. Yeah. Anyway. In the move that's really cruel, the Elf King does not tell the dwarves that Thorin is also prisoner. Uh, but Bilbo figures it out, because go Bilbo. He sneaks around the palace for a week or two, and actually sometimes follows hunting parties out of the gates, but they're like elves, and he's a hobbit, so he can't keep up with them and, you know, follow them to find out how to get out of the woods. And also, he's nice and doesn't abandon his, his dwarf buddies. Um... So eventually he does find all of the dwarves, um, including Thorin, and it's just in time because it's noted that Thorin was about to uh, actually like admit the mission to the Elf King, and we couldn't have a bit of humility here. <laughs> Not allowed. Um, so Bilbo, to try and get everyone out, uh, figures out that there is actually a second way out of the kingdom via the underground river at the bottom of the palace. Uh, empty barrels from the palace are dropped through a trap door into the river to go down to Lake Town. Oh my god, it's in the title of the chapter. What? Are you sure? <laughs> Just maybe. Um, so one night, conveniently, the elves are having a feast, and the king's butler and the chief guard decide to taste test the wine. Make sure it's good enough for the king's table. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean... That's what I would do. Same. It's very relatable, but it's yeah. really, really strong wine. Um, and yeah, they get super drunk and pass out on the table um <laughs> you know it happens um so bilbo steals the keys rescues the dwarves 
leads them down to the cellars and stuffs them into barrels, as you do. Um, and I really like the as idea. you do. Really, you do that? <laughs> yep, all the time. I really love the idea of this little hobbit stuffing this like descendant of the first dwarf ever into a barrel and just being like, "Shut up! This is how we're getting out." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's this or go back to your prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> This is, is what we're doing. Great. Shut up. Yep. Um, yeah. No, it's great. Like, Bilbo finally being assertive and all that good stuff. I, I do also enjoy the return, or possibly this is the first time we've really seen it in a proper narrative, of Tolkien's complete and utter lack of a sense of urgency. Like, he just spends two weeks invisible. Yep. Walking around, stealing food. Pretty much. Although the one that really gets me is the next chapter. Yeah. But we'll get there when we get there. Because, um, I mean, at least, like, he had to find all of the dwarves where they were and, you know, and figure, figure out a way, way out. to get yeah, out. Yeah, I, I get that, but like, when I, mean, I realized... it's not nearly as bad as, as the Fellowship yeah. of the Ring, but... Yeah, for sure. But when I read, it was, like, after a week or two, and they're, like, he was, like, following parties, hunting parties out and looking around the palace and, like, wow, only a week or two? <laughs> right? Um. Anyway, so er- everyone's stuffed in a barrel. And just in time, because a bunch of elves show up to help dump the barrels. Uh, they're really excited to get back to the party, so they're like, oh god, the butler's passed out drunk. <clears throat> Wake him up, uh, share some of that good stuff, have a drink, and they go to roll the barrels down the trap door. And they are not totally stupid, so they go, hmm, these feel kind of full. But also they want to get back to the party and they're a little bit drunk, so uh, butler's like, nah, nah, these are the barrels, come on. Just push him down there. Come on. Um, and so the dwarf barrels go sploosh. <laughs> um, Bilbo. Sploosh. Sploosh. Um, Bilbo is not in a barrel. Uh, what a fool. Bilbo. I love yeah. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> oh, Bilbo. Um, so, yeah, Bilbo at the last second throws himself into the river on top of the last barrel which ends up on top of him. It's very unpleasant. Uh, and somewhere in here, the elves sing a nice long song about the barrels. Don't know if that's the song they sing every time they send barrels down or if that was just because <laughs> of the wine. I would like to know more about this. Me too, actually. I, I suppose it's just because they're drunk, though. Probably, but like, did they just like make that up on the spot? Because that's some pretty awesome poetic devices to do while drunk. I mean, they're elves. Poems... Poetry is what they do. But maybe they just sing this one every time they're drunk with the barrels. <laughs> it's true. We don't know. Anyway. I mean, in reality, Tolkien worked on this forever before it was published. So, you know, it is a work of fiction. I, I do like How that idea that, that Tolkien worked on these poems for like decades. And he's like, yeah, they just made it up on the spot. Yeah. Like really downplaying his own work there. Yep. yep. But um, I like to think... That they've worked on this poem over hundreds of years, and they sing it every time they're drunk with the barrels. Because maybe the barrels are their friends now. Yep. Obviously. They're characters. Yeah. Mostly, I just think the elves are probably drunk about all the time. I mean, their king doesn't really let them do much. Right? So, like, And they're immortal. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do other than eat and drink? Yep. What a life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after that very important segue... Uh, Bilbo very miserably floats down the river on a barrel, uh, hoping that the dwarves are not dead. Um, there's a whole lot of floating. 
and the barrels make it to uh, the raft elves, who are going to take the barrels the rest of the way. And Bilbo sneaks into their camp to steal some food and wine, um, but he's caught a cold and he won't stop sneezing. So every time he tries to sit down and eat his stuff, they, they find him because he sneezes. It's very sad. Um, Poor Bilbo. Yep. Poor Bilbo. Sorry, guys. Yep. Did you just sniffle? I did. <laughs> Everything hurts, and I'm dying. Oh, okay. Poor Emmy. Yep. Uh, anyway, the raft er, raft elves uh, also comment on how some of the barrels are full, but they're pretty much like, eh, it's night. I don't want to worry about it. And so they take them down the rest of the river. Um, also kind of anticlimactic. Uh, but Tolkien, just to put a little drama in there, ends on a very dramatic note. Uh, saying that they had escaped the dungeons of the king and were through the wood, but whether alive or dead still remains to be seen. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. dun. Anyway, you'll find out the answer to that immediately. <laughs> well, you did put some fave lines in here to discuss. Oh yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah, none yeah. of those were my favorite so lines. Not, not immediately. This one. This first one is mine, right? So Bilbo is talking about his worst nightmare, which is basically being trapped in this palace of elves. And he says, I'm like a burglar that can't get away, but must go on miserably burglaring the same house day after day. Uh, which I thought was really funny because you're in an elvish palace, right? Like, and you're invisible. And somehow this is your worst nightmare. You could just sit by the fire and eat good food and drink wine and you know, be invisible. You'd have to ditch, you know, your friends, but that's fine. <laughs> that's like a like, dream. Just, this is your worst nightmare, really? Right here? Not the fighting off spiders, which just happened? I guess he felt, uh, with the spiders, he was able to be useful. During, you know, the two weeks that he spent here, he was not feeling very useful. It was just boring. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some, some excuses. Nope. Sitting around and um, stealing wine. It's a good gig. I'm just saying, like, wasn't his life super boring before? Wasn't it all sitting around? That's fair. I guess this isn't a hobbit hole. I, I do like it because, hey, like, the whole time I was reading, like, that bit, I couldn't help but think, like, what would have happened to the larger world if he had just stayed and stayed invisible the whole time? <laughs> like, who would have known where he was? Who would have known where the ring was? I, I guess eventually know. Sauron would have been able to sense him or whatever once he finally got like the same way that he he can uh, uh, not talking about future stuff sorry but it just made me wonder about what would have happened and of course he says it's his worst nightmare and i'm sorry i'm breaking my own rules here a lot talking about future stuff but literally spending his days eating and drinking in an elf palace is how he lives out the rest of his life <laughs> oh my god that's true also yep question are the elves speaking elvish here because all of their songs are in the common tongue so, so it's I guess not like not. he would even be in a foreign country really i mean he is definitely but they speak his language maybe i'm pretty sure the hobbit has some interesting plot holes maybe this two weeks is when bilbo started to learn elvish because he does know elvish in in the next book so maybe hmm. he listened to it a lot and started to absorb it shrug 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 uh, anything else no. from this no. chapter? I do, I do like how it had that moment that that uh, Martin Freeman so expertly 
acted in the movie of like the barrels went down and then Bilbo had that oh right uh. what about me <laughs> yep that was good mm-hmm. okay but moving on to a chapter 10 a warm welcome which I actually think is a bit of a misnomer because not much about this chapter was warm but <laughs> so in this chapter we have Bilbo some of the dwarves but mostly barrels the elf raftman the master of Lake Town and some other random, like the guards in Lake Town, some other random Lake Town people. Uh, but we don't meet Bard at all, which I had completely forgotten that we don't meet Bard before going to the mountain. Yep. Just seemed a little odd after the movies, but... Such a reminder of how ungodly overwrought the movies are. Yes. Mm. At least this part. I just suddenly realized that I did the characters, even though I'm probably doing the long summary. I did have that that realization as well, but... I just was like, oh, chapter 10, that's the one I did. I'll do it all. That's cool. Whoops, I mean, you can just... do the short summary, because I just talked a whole bunch. Then. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll pipe up with random snarky comments. All right. <laughs> Sorry, who's doing the short summary? Emmy. Emmy. I mean, fine, I guess. <laughs> We've decided for you. Do you want to do the long summary? Definitely not. Rejected. Let's take door number one. <laughs> um, Bilbo and some dwarves, you know, 13 of them, reach Lake Town, and they finally have a good meal, which makes Bilbo happy, and they recuperate before heading out towards the Lonely Mountain. You say it makes Bilbo happy, but it probably makes Bomber happier. I thought we decided we weren't going to fat shame Bomber anymore. But yeah, you're right. I'm sure it does. He's actually not mentioned in this chapter at all. He is. Maybe they left him behind. Mm-hmm. Well, I she guess would know. She just read it. Of. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know this chapter intimately well. Okay. Uh, so the long summary of this chapter is that uh, Billow spends the first half, much as he spent the last, invisible and sitting on top of barrels. By eavesdropping on the elves uh, leading, going with the raft, I mean, steering, I don't even know. Do you sail a raft? No. Bringing you the sail barrels. things that have a, a sail. sail. Yes. <laughs> I, am under, I understood this. <laughs> Bringing the barrels downstream on a raft. <laughs> he learns that the road the party had ended up taking, though not at all what they had originally planned, was probably the only way they would have actually made it, as unbeknownst to Gandalf, much on this side of Markwood has changed in recent years. Due to floods and rains having widened the river a lot, and earthquakes that have changed the landscape. The earthquakes are attributed a lot of the times to the dragon in the mountain, which I wanted to bring up because that lends credence to our previously talked about volcano metaphor. Um, So even if they had stayed on that original road, they might not have made it through at all. Uh, Elsewhere in Middle-earth, Gandalf learns of this and starts his journey back to the party, as he is now worried that he has led them to their death. I mean, come on, Gandalf. You did (laughs) abandon them to go into the creepy wood. Um, So Bilbo, still with his cold, making him miserable, uh, and now has a very good view of the Lonely Mountain, and he does not at all like the look of it, and it... Puts him in a, in a real bad mood. Also, that's like a whole like three pages worth of, of description here. It's Tolkien at his finest, just talking about landscaping. Yeah. 
Um, I did like all of his descriptions of the mountain, but some of his, the, of like the river widened and the earthquakes and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, man, I can see why the movie made it orcs. <laughs> um, Bilbo gets his first look at the long lake and is astonished by its size. And then we see Lake Town, which is a town not on the shore of the lake, but built on the surface of the water, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> Why? Because dragon. But it's all wood. It's going to burn anyway. Listen, we're not going for that kind of logic here. Okay, I included here a quote that says, A great bridge made of wood ran out to where on huge piles made of forest trees was built a busy wooden town. Ooh. That means they like purposely were like, fuck this land shit. We're going out there for the challenge. Why? Yeah. Because they could. It's because Tolkien nature. wanted to write about it? Just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should, but humans do tend to do it anyway. They're not human. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> I guess... I guess if they had some sort of the water will protect us plan, like their city elevated down into the water, I, cool. I, I could I could get on top of this a little bit more, but it doesn't. It's just out there on the lake for no reason. Anyways, this is our first town of humans that we have seen so far, and I am not impressed with them or their lack of intelligence. This is the first town of humans we've seen, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. We talked about humans that were going to get attacked by wolves and goblins, but right, but we never, never actually met them. All right, so we learned that although old songs and stories of the mountain and the dwarf kings and the dragon still exist in Lake Town, um, a lot of the younger people don't really believe that there is still a dragon in the mountain. Even though some do still sing songs of the kings under the mountain returning and the gold and how the gold would flow in rivers, this doesn't affect their daily business really at all. So the barrels are brought ashore outside of the town proper because shore makes sense. I'm, I'm going to be salty about this for a while. <laughs> and Bilbo gets to work getting all the dwarves out of their new homes. <laughs> um, the dwarves are pretty miserable, which I guess is fair, other than Philly and Keeley, who seem to have had a grand adventure, which I enjoy. So great. Philly's biggest complaint is like, the apples. Smelled like apples. Yeah. I, I like that they have this little character about them, unlike most of the dwarves that are just dwarves. <laughs> uh, the party then makes for Lake Town. Oh, well, parts of the party. Um, as they still do not have food, water, weapons, general adventuring supplies. They have barrels. And zero GP. Yeah. They're pretty much screwed and need to go do some leveling up. <laughs> Uh, Thorn quickly regains much of his arrogance, and thus, despite being bedraggled and waterlogged, still looks like a returning dwarf king and his presence, and that of the party of dwarves make the town very excited. Bilbo, Thorin, Feely, and Keeley are taken to meet the master. The others are still, like, passed out on the sand by the lake, I guess. And the elves that are the shore, not necessarily sand. I say it might be rocky. Yeah. And the elves that unknowingly helped them escape are feasting with the master. They immediately name the party as prisoners of the elven king. Thorin makes a pretty speech about 
the how uh, they're no longer in their realm and blah 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 and appeals to the vanity of the master of lake town and gets him to not i don't know i didn't actually write this out but <laughs> they are not returned to the elven king because he sort of convinces the master that it is more beneficial for him to keep them and also you know implies that if he lets them go he's giving up some of his own authority with the good line that i enjoyed I speak to the master of the town of the men of the lake, not to the raftmen of the king. Which, like, could you have said that any wordier? No, you nope. could not have. This works like a charm, and the dwarves are welcomed to Lake Town. Someone does eventually go get the rest of the party. The raft elves return to Mirkwood and report what has happened to the elven king. The king sends out spies to keep a watch on their approach to the mountain. Though it is said that the elves don't get too close to the mountain. Presumably, Sensible. they haven't forgotten that there is a dragon in that mountain. I would hope not. The dwarves and Bilbo spend two weeks recovering in Lake Town, though Bilbo still has a cold and a very bad feeling left from the side of the mountain. The party is given three boats to use to get across the lake, and they head off, drawing nearer to the end of their journey and... Smaug himself. Dun-dun-dun. Lots of dun-dun-duns this episode. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Yep. A lot of my favorite lines in this chapter were just like well-written sentences mm -hmm. and don't really have any discussion about them. But I did enjoy the mountain seemed to frown at him and threaten him as it drew ever nearer. I really liked that. That's a good line. Doom from the mountain. Sorry to steal your thing. How dare you? I'm sorry. Um, and then when describing the people who lived in Lake Town, who still dared to dwell here under the shadow of the distant Dragon Mountain. I guess I like descriptions of the mountain. I mean, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I really liked, similarly with the dragon description, this is a bit more of a humanizing description of uh, alluding to him the dragon, chiefly with a curse and an ominous nod in the direction of the mountain. Um, and I just super love people like walking about and feeling a rumble and just like, you know, yeah. habitually spitting at him. And they probably just like blame the dragon for any little thing like, oh, so and so beat me at cards last night. <laughs> Smog. <laughs> must have been the dragon's fault. Yep. Um, that must be such a strange way to live. Like, yeah, we know that scary things over there. I just actually, as I was saying this sentence, I realized that where I live, we're eventually going to have the biggest fucking earthquake ever and we're all going to die. So actually, I guess it's not so strange a way to live. You just Something keep going. to look forward to. Yeah. To be fair, it's not a dragon. Right. That's fair. It's not a dragon. I would, well, well, anyways. Yeah. But it still seems like a strange place to make camp is all it I'm is. saying. So, this is totally a tangent, but it makes mm -hmm. me think of, um, uh, in Star Wars, I've had the thought of, like, how do people live after the first time the Death Star destroys a planet? Like, knowing that your planet could just literally poof. Right. That's it. Like, any moment, well, here's our town made of wood. There's I, a dragon I, I, over I there. Think this the timeline on A New Hope, like, wraps up that Death Star pretty quickly. I mean, but after that... And, you know, they end up building a new one, right? They, they do. They do. That's fair. I mean, twice over. It's a weird over way to live. Between the new one and then Starkiller Base. 
Like, which can take out whole galaxies. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. But again, same same way, presumably, you just sort of get on with your life and be like, well, if we die tomorrow, we die tomorrow. Yeah. Deep. The Death Star Dragon. That was a downer. Implications. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to the pretty line. Lake Town is a bit of a downer. Lake Town is a bit of a downer, just generally speaking. How did they spend two weeks there? Well, they were really hungry. I guess when you don't eat for like a week, you know, you do, you need to make that week up plus. How long? I mean, how long were they on the barrels? It wasn't well, that long. They didn't. Oh, I guess. No, they did get fed in the dungeons. Right, I forgot they got about fed that. pretty well. I completely forgot that they were well fed in the dungeons and was picturing them still like starving. Hmm. Well, they were very cold. <laughs> very cold. It was not a warm welcome. It was a cold and wet one. I'm sure once they got into Lake Town, it was fine. But most of their time was spent in barrels. Yep. I do also love that the master's just like, yes, go away. Housing <laughs> you for two weeks has been very expensive. On how he thought that they were frauds and then was like so surprised. Like, oh, you're you're going to the mountain? Really? There's a <laughs> dragon there. <laughs> well... And then being like, what the fuck do you think we've been talking about for the past two weeks? <laughs> uh, that That's very uh, personality showing of the master. <laughs> like, I assume everybody's a fraud. <laughs> I guess that's really it. There isn't much to discuss. Yeah. All right, my last one pretty line. Oh, yes. Was when Thorin is like wet and bedraggled, but still filled with majesty. It was just the gold gleamed on his neck and waist. His eyes were dark and deep. Yeah, I did really like Thorn in this chapter being grumpy and arrogant. Very, very Thorn, I suppose. Yep. I mean, you know, there are actual people around other than more dwarves and a grumpy hobbit, so he gets to be kingly. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that we get to see some of that in him before everything goes to shit. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't know that that's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to watch the movie first, so. Thorne is going to be a great king and everything's going to be wonderful. Aww, I <laughs> wish. Yeah. Or like, I can't believe Tolkien killed off all three of them. Whatever. Right. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. I know. It's going to be a lot of sadness. Doom. Speaking-, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we have one more episode and then we're doing the third movie. I think that's what we calculated out, which is yeah. what made me realize that we... We're going to do two, and I needed to raid. Yeah. So, which means next week is chapters 11 On and the doorstep. 12. You'll never guess what the doorstep is. On the doorstep and inside information. <laughs> it's punny. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just nothing. And then, uh, and then the movie. And then the end of the book. Yeah. Woo! This one's moving so much faster than the Silmarillion. I wonder why. (laughs) I wonder. All right. Um, So anything else to say about this part of The Hobbit? I have no great thoughts. I feel like if (laughs) anyone, if like all of the things I would comment on this are just like all of the complaints we had with the movie. Yeah, that's fair. I will say like both of these chapters 
really, uh, or especially the the first one, really, it showed how clever Bilbo was and how, like, everything in the movie just sort of, everybody just sort of got swept up in it. You know what I mean? In this one, a lot of these are decisions being made and things that they're doing. And it's, it, it just really goes to show that Tolkien is much smarter than whatever Peter Jackson did with his work. And that would have been nice to see in the movies. And we will end the episode Wait, there. Hang on. No, I, was, oh. I came up with something else to say. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were done. Um, Carry I was on. done. And then what you said made me think of something. Um, just that I like that also they take the time to show, along with Bilbo, like getting to use his cleverness and stuff, um, mm-hmm. the dwarves actually, especially once they're out of the barrels and well-fed, like they take the time to appreciate Bilbo. Yes. Which is cool. Especially yes. as he's staring at the mountain terrified. Yeah, I think he's starting to realize that he's the one going in. <laughs> it's not making him very happy. Nope. Alright, so if you have any comments on anything that we've discussed, you can email us at uh, you want to read Tolkien at gmail.com or tweet at us at to read Tolkien. Um, if you want to leave us a review on any of the podcast listening platforms of choice we always appreciate that but i believe that is everything so until next time i've been caitlin i've been rachel i've been emmy and we'll see you next week for some mountain and dragon yay Yay! bye bye On that note today, my friend told me, she's like, oh yeah, I listened to uh, your first episode. And she's like, because of the time difference, did you just have to like step out? And I'm like, oh no, that's when I uh, lost internet. (laughs) And you and Emmy just like kept talking. (laughs) (laughs) I've forgotten about that. Yep. Me too. I seem to think we didn't even notice you were gone for a while. (laughs) Yep. Pretty much. Probably. (laughs) And she was like, where's Rachel? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)